Hi, I'm Cecilia Poulain, mother of two, ex-lawyer, ex-banker, writer, singer, creator of one-woman shows, international coach for professional women, international keynote speaker, breaker of conventions, and believer in creativity and the power of the feminine in all of us to change the world. Welcome to Diary of a Writer, where I talk about how I write and read some of what I write. I really hope you enjoy it, and that it encourages you to develop your own creativity in whatever form that may take. The text I'm reading today is about a, um, a very close friend of ours who died earlier this year. And I've been thinking about writing this for a few days and I've also been thinking about writing about what it is to live with the fact that so many people have died um, and the fact that being close to death makes us more alive and appreciate being alive more. And the text didn't really turn out the way I wanted, but, um, you know, that's, that's part of the creative process. It just turns out the way it turns out. So, here we go. I'm 55. The hearse backs into the narrow street at the entrance of the church so that it is easier for the pallbearers to access the coffin and carry it in. The coffin is made of simple pine board, no mahogany or anything varnished. Philippe organised his funeral before he died and he would not have wanted anything varnished. He had chosen the spot in the cemetery and a simple gravestone with a rounded top. He could almost have put the date on it. He had known for years that he was going to die. He had probably known a long time before he told any of us. That's what he was like. For somebody so extroverted, he was surprisingly reserved about personal things. Philippe and my husband worked together as consultants in a tiny consultancy firm. There were only four of them when my husband first moved back to France. He was my husband's best friend, best friend and mentor, our first real friend in France. We had known him for over 25 years when he died. A mutual friend described him as the eternal adolescent. He drove a small silver-green convertible, and one of his Irish setters, Paolo, loved to sit on the front passenger seat with his ears and lips blowing in the wind. I knew Philip's first wife had been killed in a car accident when he was still a law student. They had a two-month-old baby at the time of the accident. I only found out after he died that his wife's name was Charlotte and that Philip had been driving. Was Philip's life happy? Like all of us, yes and no. It was coloured by that accident. How could it not be? After the accident, he didn't talk to anyone about it and just carried on. Nobody was allowed to say the name Charlotte in the house. He was a management consultant and earned a good salary, but divorced twice, and at the end of his life lived in rented accommodation. There were over 250 people at the funeral. He was well-loved. Apart from my uncle when I was a child and my husband, 
Philip is the only man I have ever seen naked. We went cycling with him in the countryside around his house. When we got back to his house, he was used to stripping off and diving naked into the swimming pool without bothering to find a swimming costume to put on. On that particular day, when we got back to his house, he looked at me and said, Damn it, you're used to this, and did the same. We have a photo of his bare bottom skimming the surface of the water. Philippe told us in January that he wasn't going to be with us at the end of the year. He was already confined to a wheelchair. Even then, he was talking about how lucky he was to have a paved path at the end of the road that led into the forest so that he could still take his dogs for a walk. Boyd Varty, in The Lion Tracker's Guide to Life, talks about how we who live easy city lives also live a long way from death. As a result, we live lives that are dulled down. Living on the razor edge of death is one way of learning the value of life. It seems unbelievable when people die. It is unbelievable. How could it possibly be that they are there one minute and not there the next? I think of Philip's body in the box in the ground under the gravestone he chose. I know it to be true, but I still can't believe it. The trouble with death is that there is nothing there, nothing concrete to hang on to to know for certain that the person is dead. That's the paradox of it. I could imagine Philippe still living in his house in Fontainebleau, even even though I know that that is not true. The gravestone comforts me somehow. It makes the whole thing real not like ashes spread out on the ground that disappear. When the hearse backed into the narrow street at the front of the church and the pallbearers opened up the back door and rolled out the coffin, I could hardly bear it, the reality of it. Philippe's dead body in that simple pine board box. I went into the dark back corner of the church where nobody could see me. I cried into my hands so that nobody could hear me. I didn't want anyone to see me or to hear me. This was too private. Or was it? When I actually wanted to scream the pain of it at the top of my lungs, the physical pain of it. During the ceremony, the church was filled with discreet snufflings and eyes were dabbed, and perhaps we should all have been prostrate, screaming with the pain of it. I really hope you've enjoyed this episode of A Diary of a Writer. I'm running an absolutely free group coaching session on the 9th of May at 6.30pm Central European Time. This session is part of my Dancing Days series where we dig deep on a particular emotion. We have already danced with fear and with anger, and this time we're going to be dancing with joy. If you have ever felt miserable, and wondered how to have more joy in your life, you will find this session to be of enormous benefit. Check out the Dancing Days Dancing with Joy page on my website, www.ceciliapoulin.com. I would love it if you could join us. Thank you so much for listening.